Welcome to a Radio 191 FM podcast. Nearly two weeks ago, the ACT Party unveiled a controversial alternate budget which would effectively gut the public sector. It's a budget that would have a significant detrimental effect for Māori in particular. ACT Party leader David Seymour announced the supposed real change budget in a parliamentary speech on Te Iwa or Haratua the 9th of May. The real changes that ACT wants to push through in this budget includes the large-scale privatising of state-owned enterprises, a gradual increase of the superannuation age to 67, and a major cut in public spending. This deep gash in public spending includes the termination of over 25 public offices, government-run programmes, advisory groups, and ministries, with ACT hoping to remove the University Fees-Free Scheme, the Human Rights Commission, the Climate Change Commission, as well as the Ministries for Women, Pacific Peoples, and Ethnic Communities, among other things. The ACT Party's new budget has drawn significant criticism from the Minister for Māori Development, Willie Jackson, and Te Pāti Māori co-leader, Rawiri Waititi, who both condemned David Seymour for designing a budget which greatly harms Māori. It's very sad watching Seymour, a man who claimed he was Māori. You just don't know where he's coming from now. Just a useless Māori, that's all. David Seymour's a disgrace. Uh, he uses his Māori whakapapa to weaponise against his own people. Jackson and Waititi's criticism of ACT's new budget bears significant weight, as ACT would abolish both the Office for Crown Māori Relations, which is the government arm responsible for negotiating Treaty of Waitangi claims, and the Ministry for Māori Development, Te Puni Gokiri. Te Puni Gokiri was established in 1991 after Parliament passed the Māori Development Act. The ministry serves to promote Māori development in areas such as education, employment and health through providing effective policy to the government. Tepuni Gokiri also provides a sort of surveillance role on Māori communities as the ministry consults with and monitors Māori communities to gather information which is then passed on to cabinet. Senior lecturer at Tetumu and Māori politics expert Pyro Warbrick says that if Tepuni Gokiri were abolished, the government would miss out on key information regarding Māori communities across Aotearoa, which could have undesirable consequences such as mass protests and untreated disease outbreaks in Māori communities. If you remove that surveillance of Māori communities by abolishing Te Punikokiri, the government is going blind into Māori policies. This will be a disaster. All of a sudden, you can have things like Ihumatao happen in all sorts of places. Like all of a sudden, there's a group of Māori that are occupying the Timaru airport, causing all sorts of trouble. You know, the planes can't come in, or hell breaks loose. What does the government do? Who are they going to dispatch to go and find out what's happening there? They've just abolished their arm to Pune Kokiri that was able to inform them about what's happening on the ground. So they've got a massive problem. Although Tepuni Kokiri's advice can be ignored by Cabinet or the ministries it's appealing to, it has seen massive success in the past. With Warbrick citing the Fano Order program and Tepuni Kokiri's efforts to support Māori at the very beginning of the pandemic as effective tools for improving Māori well-being. A number of Māori weren't in permanent jobs. They were in, on casual contracts. So they haven't got access to the government wage scheme. So what are we going to do in regard to that? The advice that they're giving is we've got to actually identify who these Māori whānau are and we've got to start delivering food packages. So these are, these are on-the-ground stuff that, that they're doing. Or alternatively, it's uh, if we go back to old initiatives, which are still in place today as whānau order, those are programmes that turn around and go meet with whānau and go meet with other organisations to turn around and say, what can we, the government, what can we do to actually help your stakeholders or your, your Māori people out there? 
Under Act's budget, key elements of Te Puni Kokiri, like the Whanau Ura program, would come under the Ministry of Health's purview, but Warbrick believes that this assimilation will lead to the Ministry of Health suffering greatly, as Act aren't prepared to give the Ministry any additional funding to cope with its additional responsibilities. Their budgets are already severely strained. So you're wanting to take the things that Te Puni Kokiri are doing and saying, oh, there's all this mahi, there's all this work you've got to do, but you've got to turn around and do it within your budget. And those areas are going to go, but we're struggling now. National Party leader Christopher Luxon says he won't rule out any of Act's policies at this stage. Despite this, Woodbrook says it's highly unlikely that Te Puni Kokiri will be abolished, even if National and Act were to go into government, simply due to the political fallout of following through on such a risky decision. Who is going to be the Minister of Māori Affairs? That minister is going to get hounded. And let's say they pass it, then of course the government is going to be under severe attack within the debating chamber and called to account when all these issues start going on in regard to Māori communities. Act's alternate budget should be seen as a warning for any Māori voters concerned with Māori issues. But as Warbrick noted, Act's Māori support is supremely low, so they really don't have to worry about those voters at all. You can actually say that David Seymour is following a Kopapa Māori approach. David Seymour is the MP for Epsom, and those are his people. It's a, a very affluent, very much a white electorate. If he was standing for one of the Māori electorates, he's not going to get into power, is he? He'll come last. He's not targeting Māori. Yeah, he has his own whānau and his own hapu. Those are the people of Epsom. Thanks for listening to a Radio 191 FM podcast. There are heaps more at r1.co.nz.